0: Reimagining Time is a podcast that shares the stories and ideas of educators who are changing the way they use time to meet student needs.
1: Just because we're, we, we think we have to be here for this set of minutes doesn't really mean that we're maximizing learning.
0: Maybe this is a familiar scenario. A student sits in class, staring at the clock, waiting for the class period to end. Just because the student is sitting in class for a certain amount of time obviously doesn't equate to learning, so how do you really maximize time for learning in school? In this episode, we'll talk with Kathy Gaston, assistant principal at Academy High in Texas, about how her school reimagines time for the benefit of students. One way they do it, by implementing a flex mod schedule. So flex mod schedules, what are they and how do they even work?
1: There are four flex mods right now. So now we've got these two two-hour chunks so then of Then they time. have two flex mods On they can choose. Tuesday, Wednesday,
0: Thursday, Friday, those we three have hours time or time to
1: do three or four different things.
0: Flex mod schedules have a lot of moving parts, and while they may seem difficult to manage, they can provide opportunities for students and teachers that are out of the box and meaningful. In our last season, we spoke with Kathy about how schools can think differently about time and learning. Last year, her school was adapting their schedule to meet student needs as they transitioned back to in-person instruction and meeting the requirements of the newly introduced Texas House Bill HB 4545. So again, her school runs a flex mod schedule with built-in time for extra help. We talked with Kathy again at the end of the 2021-2022 school year to get insights on her school's FlexMod schedule so that other schools could see how Academy High uses this time to maximize student learning and get kids excited about school, even after such a tough year. First, back to that question, what is a FlexMod schedule? This is the question we put to Kathy, and here's what she had to say.
1: So for us, it is opportunity for both our staff and our learners to have some choice and to engage in a unique way that may not be possible without that kind of a schedule.
0: Specifically on Mondays, they use time for flexibility. Here's what it looks like.
1: Um, We call it Maker Mastery Monday because we want students to be able to experience extension where they're ready for that. But we also want students to be able to experience specific supports um, who need it. And I may be ready for extension in social studies because that's my thing, but in math, I need specific support. And instead of taking 30 minutes of your lunch on a regular basis, we can use a flex mod. All math teachers can be in the same space, helping learners who have questions and needs And I can do the learning that I need to do at that time.
0: Instead of relying on hit or miss opportunities for students to get extra help, this time is built into the schedule. It really enables students to learn at their own pace. Let's dial in a little more on what this looks like. If I'm a student who's attending a FlexMod for math support, where am I going? What am I doing?
1: So we don't have... um, you know, we don't have walls, we're an open learning space. So there are a few learning spaces connected where like the math team would be. Mm -hmm. So there are four flex mods right now. We're thinking about adding an additional one um, at the end of the day. So during those flex mods, one of them is reserved for, because Algebra 1 is a star tested area, is reserved for star support. And those learners are chosen to be there. The other three are choice so maybe it's students can. We're doing PSAT support. We're doing SAT support. We did um, the math of origami was one wow. of the sessions that we offered. We
0: did- you can start to see how the mix of student choice for extension and support are incorporated. If a student really needs support in a specific area, staff can schedule them for that. But for other flex mods, they can make choices about where to go.
1: So it was interesting to see them kind of expand. Even the facilitators, like we learned about each other with the things that we wanted to offer Mm -hmm. after giving the kids some
0: surveys. It's pretty cool to see it. Choice can empower students and teachers and really improve the whole school culture, but how did this start? Thinking about what you guys are able to do now, was that kind of the goal in the beginning? Like what made you decide to adopt this, this FlexMod approach?
1: It's a great question. Last year with COVID, we had a hybrid model and at the secondary level, well, high school level, our district had asynchronous learning on Mondays. And then Tuesday through Friday, we, we hybrid had certain cohorts of kids that would come to school. Um, and so we chose to adopt an A day, B day Tuesday through Friday, because it was more realistic for us to work with our kids. and. Um, make sure we had time to go deep in learning.
0: This probably sounds familiar for many educators teaching in the past couple of years. Hybrid, synchronous, asynchronous cohorts, these all became common vocabulary. The situation at Academy High wasn't really that different from countless other schools across the country. They chose Monday as an asynchronous day for all students. And when the shift was made out of hybrid and back to in-person learning, there was some flexibility that they wanted to retain. They were going back to school in person, but what did they want to do on Mondays?
1: We knew that we still needed some flexibility. There were some staples, like our Avid tutorials that happen at the beginning of the day on Monday, and our clubs that happen during the school day at the end of the day.
0: So on Monday, basically the first hour-long mod and the last hour-long mod of the school day were already taken up by Avid tutorials, where students can use Socratic-style discussions to answer questions they have, and clubs. So what were they going to do with the middle of the day?
1: So now we've got these two two-hour chunks of time. I also knew that 45-45, House Bill 45-45 was coming, that we were going to have to be able to guarantee specific interventions and make sure that we had some way to prove that they were there for that time. Mm-hmm. And Enriching Students was the answer to all of it. So The idea came forward. Let's do this thing. And um, truthfully, it came from a principal advisory team conversation with some of our students. And um, because we do project based learning and there are some parts of that that are kind of locked up. Some of our more advanced learners wanted a chance to do things a little bit differently and explore while on campus, and they didn't really have a way to do that. So that was what was in my mind mm-hmm. to start with, and then the forty-five forty-five option, having already had experience with Mondays being a little bit different, all of those things kind of came together perfectly.
0: That's really cool. So it's kind of what you wanted to do, and what this you were getting from students, and then what you had to do. Yeah, you know, we know HB forty-five forty-five is. It's been a challenge for schools to figure out. It's nice that it, that it worked out that way for you guys. And, and the fact that that's what students, you, you were able to listen to their input and not just be like, hey, we're doing the schedule thing. Hope you guys yeah. like it. Well,
1: we've even had kids choose to offer, like they'll offer flex mods of things that they're interested in, like they're going out and finding things. It's, it's, a, it's a really cool uh, part.
0: And this also really expands on the whole idea of flex time. Flex periods are a great tool that many schools have used to make their schedule more flexible and give students those opportunities for extra help and extension. But when it comes to really reimagining time, it's amazing what schools can do when they're willing to look at their schedule differently.
1: The 30-minute tutorial is kind of what everybody does, right? right? So we'll just shorten some class periods and then we'll have this extra time and whatever you want to call it, but is there really enough learning that happens there?
0: Not to knock schools that have a 30-minute tutorial, but Kathy raises a valid point. 30 minutes is not a lot of time for deep learning. It could be an effective solution for some schedule types, maybe if students needed to meet with teachers for just a few minutes to nail down a concept. But especially for a school that has a project-based learning focus, it's just not that much time. So,
1: is it about frequency of contacts which might be what happens on a more traditional campus or with a more traditional schedule where you've got like 20 minutes four days a week or is it depth of learning on this one day that can be carried through with my teacher as i'm going through the rest of the week and um, we feel like we had pretty good success with depth of learning
0: how do they split up time this is where flexmod schedules can earn their complicated reputation but at academy high even though there are a variety of things going on it's really pretty simple
1: so we basically have kind of 3 hour chunks in mm-hmm. the morning and we have 3 hour chunks in the afternoon so on tuesday wednesday thursday friday those 3 hours are chunked into 90 minutes
0: there are four mods on tuesday wednesday thursday and friday there are four 90 minute chunks in the school day what about mondays
1: those those hours are chunked into hour slots. So
0: on Mondays, students essentially have six one-hour-long flex mods.
1: They don't get to choose what they do. The first hour we call that Titan Time, and it's enrichment time for projects. It's time that our teachers have been given back to be able to collaboratively plan. So the administrative team and and support staff manage and take care of our learners it's when we do avid tutorials and there are some other things that we do we can bring in speakers but we use that time a little bit differently so then they have two flex mods they can choose we have a a time for lunch they have two flex mods in the afternoon and then historically we've had to find times to be able to do clubs during the school day because of um just the word you know because we pull kids from across the district so we did that at the last hour on Mondays, but I'm starting to think, and I think our kids would appreciate a little more flexibility, so I may just add another flex mod and let them kind of get that club access at different times in the in the day.
0: Now, Kathy is looking to the future. Increased flexibility for students would mean more opportunities to get to try out different clubs during the school day. Currently, students can only be in one, but
1: but a lot of our learners want to do three or four different things. And if it's really about something that
0: enhances your experience, that's learning to me. Yeah. And that's going to make them want to come to school. I would think too.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, our, our kids are starting to understand our robotics team can spend the afternoon working on their robot. That's time that they would not have normally had, but they're learning so much while they're doing it. They're continuing to yeah. collaborate. So watching everybody get familiar with what's possible in those hours was a, was a really special part of this last school year.
0: So with all of the different options that kids have, um, are there any, Like you said, they could spend the whole afternoon working on robotics, right? But are there any, you know, constraints or things that you put in place? Any, I don't want to say rules, but is there a certain structure to it that you try to keep so that there's something solid, like that they know they have to do?
1: So we had some, uh, CTE course requirements that forced some rotations. Um, and that took up one of the flex mods. They didn't so much love that because they wanted more freedom to be able to choose it. I think they would have gone if they could have chosen it. And well, I mean, they went, but they would have appreciated it a little more if they could have chosen it. Um, yeah, the facilitators, our teachers really, bore quite a bit of responsibility of monitoring what their grade level was doing each week. And if it was clear that students were kind of choosing things that might not be in their best interest or might not be as academic or might not, um, you know, lead them towards some goals that the student has for themselves, then the facilitators would step in and have conversations. There, there was a time commitment to that, um, within our grade level teams that helped us organize. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, certainly when you're in the space with the facilitator, having expectations about how that time is used is critical. And when they're engaged, they're all in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you always have your few who want to try to do things other than <laughs> yeah. what is the option. And so we had to kind of norm on that and be consistent about reminding everybody about our expectations.
0: So if If there was a school that was thinking about doing a schedule like this, um, are there any things that you would you would suggest to them? Maybe the big I'm sure there's lots of things, but are there any big things that you would say? You know, these are my top three or my top five things that if you're going to move to this kind of schedule, here's what you need to do.
1: The leadership from like teacher leaders on my campus was invaluable. So having that kind of scout team of people, we had been meeting since the 1920 school year in the fall about what schedule options might look like and and how can we be thoughtful about time. So when COVID happened, we deepened our conversations about time. Then we had the opportunity to practice some things in a unique environment. And so when we moved into this year, we had a group of of teacher leaders um, mm-hmm. who were ready to continue to support their colleagues when things were challenging. And so that kind of innovation team is what I call them. Mm -hmm. That innovation team was ready to respond to problems of practice. And they did a really great job of taking feedback from their, their peers and implementing it. And it was also important that I scheduled regular time when we had our entire staff together for us to be able to train and to talk and to look at and review systems because then it, it, it didn't get completely out of control.
0: Time and again, we've seen schools have greater success with flexible scheduling when they have a teacher team and open discussion. Kathy shares some further wisdom on the subject. No matter what schedule or changes your school may be working through, this is a top takeaway.
1: There's no, um, this is a framework, there's no program. So there's not like a step first, this, then this, then this. You've got to know your people and you've got to know your space and what the capacity is for change because that's taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be okay with it being good enough but not perfect yeah. while we're.
0: We've heard that from a lot of different schools as far as having it. A teacher leader team, so teachers that can help inspire the other teachers that they work with, and so it's not necessarily just coming from directly from administration, right? There's there's a little more buy-in there that they and they can help train other teachers and. But it doesn't just stop at teachers. If we're talking about buy-in, students need to be included as well.
1: We also have what we call student ambassadors. That's like our campus okay. leadership team. Uh, of students, and they were a huge part of this. We trained them in what we wanted, um, and it was important for me to connect them with some facilitators so that both of them were having positive experiences. Mm-hmm. So I want to work on my science fair project more, so I can need to be connected to the senior um, scientific research and design teacher, even if I'm a freshman or a sophomore, and I've got time to do that now and when I see value in it, then I'm gonna appreciate it even
0: more. For you, when, when you were first starting this, I'm thinking last year, you, know, you, you guys were having these conversations about time, like you said, and then you started practicing some of these things. What were some of the challenges that came up um, in that process? Does anything stand out? So the conversations
1: about time are helping folks really frame what, what is learning because the Carnegie unit meant learning was time in a seat. And we've gotten very accustomed to that, but just because your time in a seat doesn't actually equate to learning. So having a definition of, of what that can be and engaging in those conversations has been critical. Um, and then you know, monitoring as an administrative team, we had to be really present and we had to make sure that everybody was moving in the direction that we needed them to move. Sometimes we had to model, sometimes we had to coach Um, different vertical teams kind of had different understandings of what this day could be at first. So there was also a point in about the middle of the first semester that I rotated some folks so that they could see what other grade level or what other vertical teams were doing. Um, And then that enhanced what we were able to give, um, you know, as a product. So just a lot of making sure that you have measures of success Mm -hmm. and celebrating the successes, even when they're small, because you're not going to go from zero to 10 overnight. So when we go from zero to one, we need to celebrate it. When we go from (laughs) one to two, we need to celebrate it and so on. Um, and if we skip from two to five, that's awesome. Even more celebration, yeah. Um, and then just be really thoughtful about the investment.
0: And when you start seeing the success, everyone sees that it works and they might even like it.
1: Yeah. the, that we got a lot of great feedback from our kids about the appreciation of us trusting them to make yeah. choices like that and providing them with so much flexibility. We have a large percentage of our campus that really, um, has just grabbed this and run with it.
0: I mean, that kind of answers my next question, is, is how students feel about the schedule. So it sounds like yeah. the answer is really great. <laughs> they mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Is there anything that, um, are there any specific experiences that, that you can think of within the past year that really showed how much kids um, appreciated that, took it and run with it, like you said?
1: I would say our robotics team, you know, we had some ice days and stuff in the in, in the winter, like February, January, February. And so they were able to recapture time by spending an entire day doing work that would not normally have been accessible to them. um, because they couldn't be here on a Saturday or couldn't stay after school or whatever. So that was really exciting to surface that. Um, we had two of our social studies teachers got together and they did a food and fashion, um, Flex mod and kids absolutely loved it. They ended up being able to like get out into the community and go like to some restaurants. There were other things that went with it. It was also interesting to bring outside folks in. So one of our facilitators, um, husband is a financial planner. And so he came in and did some personal finance sessions. Um, we had somebody else whose, uh, spouse does, um, like computer programming for, A certain company, and then he would come in and talk about, you know, that as a career opportunity. There were just a lot of ways for us to really kind of lift that time for it to be valuable um, for the kids.
0: All of this is undoubtedly amazing, but maybe you're at a school that doesn't have opportunities like this. What can help your school start to reimagine time?
1: I would say do almost like a forensic analysis of how you really use time right now how do you really use every minute of that day and what is the actual outcome, not the outcome you think? And and I'll use this as an example. We we talk a lot on this campus about personalized learning and how we facilitate personalized learning. Um, And that looks a lot different than the facilitator being at what would be maybe the front of the classroom and everybody is looking around. And and somebody said to me this year, they said, well, but if if we're doing that, then you know everybody's on, like you can see them. And I immediately looked at that person and I said, you have absolutely no idea if they're really on. The only way you really know if they're on is if they're in front of you, that like teacher table that our elementary school friends are so really good at facilitating. That's when you know they're on, but they could be anywhere. Just because they're looking at you doesn't mean it's with you. Um, and so I think time is similar. Just because we're, we we think we have to be here for this set of minutes doesn't really mean that we're maximizing learning.
0: It's not always easy to be honest with ourselves about where our time is going. Sometimes our phones remind us at the end of the week how many hours we've spent staring at a screen, or maybe at some point you've kept track of the time you've spent doing some time-wasting or energy-training activities and realized that you needed to make a shift. That's our personal life, but when it comes to educators, time has even more weight. Now how time is being used impacts students, and as Kathy puts it, there's a perception that spending more time on something ensures good results. But is that always the case?
1: Maybe. Depends on who you are and what
0: you're trying to do. That's an important aspect when reimagining time during the school day. It could be that students need a lot of time for what they're trying to do, or they may need less, and giving them that flexibility to decide can help them learn how to manage their time, as has been shown at Kathy's school. But it also shifts the focus from the minutes themselves to the outcome. It comes back to the results. Looking at the minutes in a school day and how they're currently being used is a good way to see what the focus really is. What is driving the way your school is structured? What is the outcome you want?
1: I can do a a three hour workout that gets me minimal results. I could do a 45 minute workout if I'm skilled and know what I'm trying to get to. And I could maximize the outcome that I need. So minutes is not necessarily the driver. It's what the result is.
0: Reimagining time in this way in a school setting isn't the norm. Kathy and her fellow educators at Plano ISD have worked hard to maximize the outcome for students. It's pretty special, and it's something she doesn't take for granted.
1: It's special to have the opportunity to, to try some things, to be given the trust and um, flexibility to work collaboratively with our students and our staff in some cases members of our parent community who will also advise and make sure that everybody's going in the same direction that's a real blessing and, and i'm just so grateful to be part of this campus
0: thank you for listening to this episode of reimagining time And we especially want to thank the educators who have shared their time and hard work with us. This podcast is produced by Enriching Students, a software tool that's designed to help schools manage flex time. It's about time. Tune in for a new episode of Reimagining Time every two weeks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and more.